Roland. Okay. Praise the Lord. Oh, I want us to go first here to, uh, uh, well, like, like I said, I like bringing this up because this is cool. It's your timeline. It really is. Genesis means beginning. That's what the word actually means. Revelation, we already know. Oh, end time. Okay. Beginning to end. All of this is really, when you read this yourself and start looking at things, you'll go, this is chronological. And like I say, if you pick up on the book Nahum or Lamentations or Ezekiel or Daniel, right at the start, the first sentence will tell you, during the days of King Who. Well, it was... And it's really shorter than you think. Actually, your history actually goes from Genesis all the way to about right there, and it quits. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Ezra and Nehemiah, and, and this too, that's historic too. Well, Job would be historic too in a timeline right there. And the rest of it is comments about what happened here. It's, but anyway, uh, then all of a sudden in Matthew, and this is so cool, the very last two verses of Malachi, if we quit thinking so much church and doctrine and whatever, you read the last... The last, Malachi is only three chapters, I think. The last chapter of Malachi talks about, it doesn't say it, but you'll go, that's John the Baptist. Yeah. Next page, John the Baptist in Matthew, basically. Matthew chapter 2. Jesus is born in Matthew 1, then all of a sudden John the Baptist preaching, blah, 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 blah. Okay. It's total timeline. We're going to pick up this morning and go to the book of Hebrews again. It's funny, when you read Hebrews, it's like, well, gosh, I go to Richard's church. <laughs> well, we go to the Bible church. And that's the reason there's so much information about what happened in the Old Testament in the book of Hebrews. But let's drop down here to the 11th chapter, where we, uh, you get a lot of information. Like, he's listing everybody. Enoch trusted God. Abraham trusted God. Blah, blah, blah. All these lists of people that, why they keep mentioning people, excuse me, why they keep mentioning people that weren't around. Oh, yes, they were around. Look at that. There's Noah. There's Abraham. There's Sarah, that's his wife. And then, let's see, come on down here to, uh, there's Ab some more about Abraham. Now there's Isaac, that's his son. Then you're going to see Jacob. And then I want to show you something right here coming up. Look at 22. It was by faith that Joseph, he was the one coat of many colors. Remember that? And we'll get into this today, part of it. Joseph was Abraham's, let's see, great-great-grandson. Okay? Okay. Anyway. And he's the one that wound up in Egypt. We'll see that this morning. As he neared the end of his life. Now this is why, when, we, when I like saying, this is to me. Richard, get this. Richard, get it. Passover happened. No, I was told it didn't happen. It did happen. They came out of Egypt. It was, a, you know, when you say the word exodus, that alone means a mass exodus. We sometimes, we say mass. Exodus means, it, sometimes you'll hear today's vernacular, people say, oh gosh, it was an exodus. Man, after that Alabama game, it was an exodus. What do you mean by that? Highway 65 was clogged up. Everybody's coming back home after the game. Okay. You know, Bama won last night. You know, <clears throat> yesterday. <laughs> anyway, you know, yeah. All right, anyway, here we go. But look at this. It was by faith that Joseph, look at this. As he ended the near of his life, as he neared the end of his life, spoke confidently of God bringing the people out of Israel. Now, Richard, quit saying this. He never happened. See, that's, that's the problem. Same thing with evolution trying to take you away from God-created the earth first, and then it was outward. You are so precious to him. He created this evolution. says we're just bacteria spun off from the Big Bang, and we look out there through the Hubble Space Telescope, and oh, it's just, oh, it's just, you, we cannot fathom the, the life that's out there. There's no life out there. They hadn't found it yet. They get all excited about, we found water. They knew water was out there on Mars a long time ago. They don't see anybody with binoculars looking back yet. Anyway. Then you're not going to. 
See, it's not like, well, I have to believe the Bible. I just have to. The evidence is laid out. It's young earth. Everything's lining up. But anyway, watch this. Look at this. This is like heresy, you know. Don't be saying this stuff about it never happened. Well, look what old Joseph was up to. At the end of his life, he spoke confidently of God bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt. They must have been down there. And he was so sure of it, look at this, that he made them promise to carry his bones with them. What? Yeah, you know, we got you know, daddy in an urn. We're going to take him to California, whatever. You've seen plenty of movies about that. Okay. Or we got him on the mantle. God. Well, wait a minute. So, his, this is, this, this alone would rip your Bible up if it wasn't so. Saying all these things that never happened. Carry his bones? Well, let's go see what happened. Okay, here's old, uh, we go to Exodus and see what happened. Uh, Exodus 13. I just happen to know where it is. Okay, now back up just a little bit. So, at last, Pharaoh let the people go. Okay. Bunch of plagues and stuff, and the death angel wiped out the firstborn. It was a horrible event, except for us. Now, God didn't lead him through the land of Philistines. This is Exodus chapter 13, verse 19. Uh, although it was the most direct route from Egypt to the promised land. Notice the phrase, promised land. I wasn't made up by preachers later on. That's what God promised to Abraham, I will give you this land. 500 years of, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Anyway, this event happened 430 years after God had told, told Abraham, 430 years from now, your kin's going to be so huge, I'm going to bring him out with a great uh, miracle. Anyway, so anyway, he didn't bring him along oh, this direct route to the promised land, but another. The reason was God felt that the people might become discouraged by having to fight their way through. Even though they left the Egypt, look at that, armed. Yeah, but we're a bunch of slaves. Man, they left with money. They left with weapons. I mean, they were... Okay, Because he thought they might return to Egypt. God was smart because he knew they well, I don't want to go back to Egypt. Okay. Instead, God led them along the route through the Red Sea. Out of the blue, what is this? Moses took the bones of who? Joseph with him. What's up with that? No, we just read it. Joseph made them promise. Now this was, they were there four generations. Okay, four generations. And so... Uh, uh, Joseph had been vice president to Pharaoh for, I guess, 50 years of his life. And this was about 150 years later or so. So 150 years later, after his bones are sitting somewhere, somebody, well, Moses knew. Moses wasn't like, I don't know any history. Moses knew about the children of Israel. He knew that God had promised them they're going to get out. And so Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel vow, wow, before God, that they would take his bones. Wow. When they led them out of Egypt, as he was, look at that, sure God would. That's why when you read the Bible, you'll go, wait a minute, God's going to bless me today because I'm sure he would because he did these other things. Why would I not think he would not help me today? Oh, yeah, he would. Now, look at this. Now, remember, this is history. So let's drop down here. That was the book of Exodus. And, uh, oh, they just got out. Okay, Leviticus they're making preparations to travel to the Holy Land. In Numbers, they're on their way, but they made a U-turn because they said, we can't go in there. Deuteronomy, here they are at the doorstep. They're going back in. It's a big speech. Remember that? Then Joshua took them in. Look at the last chapter, and would you believe these doggone bones show up again here? Let's look at this. All right, here we go. Uh, 
Look at that. Now here's the, la the last verses. Eliezer, the son of Aaron, also died. He was buried in the blah, blah, blah. All right, here we go. Uh, look at this. Verse 31, Israel, this is Joshua 24, 31. Israel obeyed uh, the Lord throughout the lifetimes of Joshua and the older men who had personally witnessed the amazing deeds of the, the Lord did for the, excuse me, for the sons of Israel. But, of course, it all went to pieces in the book of Judges because they all said, I want to worship idols. But look at that phrase. The bones of Joseph. Now, this had been how long? Remember, they wandered for 40 years, so, and it took them 10 years to conquer the promised land, 7 years, 7 to 8 years. So now we're looking at 50 years. Whoever's hauling these bones around, they're probably like, can we put these down? <laughs> you know, whatever. But here it is. The bones of Joseph, the people of Israel, had brought along with them when they left Egypt, were buried in Shechem. Now, when you read Genesis, that's where Abraham bought a place for Sarah to be buried. buried. And Isaac was buried there. Abraham was buried there. And, of course, Mr. Joe here, he wanted to be buried there too. In the parcel of ground Jacob had bought. Mm. That was his dad. Now, fairy tales. No, it wasn't fairy tales. So let's go pick up on Mr. Joe's life here. Starts here in about chapter 35. I think something, we'll see if we get it. Genesis 35. Okay, we see God said, hey, go here, go there, go wherever. Okay, let's see. Oh, here we go. Look at this. <gasps> now we got some details about this Joseph guy. Look at this. So Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan where his father had lived. Now remember, Jacob was grandson. It was Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Isaac's done passed on. That would have been his dad. Okay. And then uh, they're back. Remember, they're just wandering around the promised land. Although they're kicking tail, they are very rich. Okay. Lord's blessing them like crazy. Now Jacob is the one who has 12 sons. One of them is Joseph. Look at the history behind this thing. Jo jo Jacob's son, Joseph, was now 17 years old. Remember what it was like to be 17? Okay, this helps you understand, okay? He just got his class ring, you know. He's in high school. Now look what, God, look what his dad put him up to. His job, along with his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpha, was uh, to shepherd his father's flocks. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things they were doing. He's a tattletale. He's got 11 brothers. He's tattletale, too. But now his daddy liked that. Now, as it happened, Israel, that's, that's, Israel's another name for Jacob. Remember, he wrestled with the angel that night. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And the angel said, what's your name? He said, I'm Jacob. He says, not anymore. It's called Israel. Okay. That was just three chapters before this or so. Now, as it happened, Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Now, be honest. I mean, I got two of mine in here today, but, you know, you could actually say you like one more than another. But, you know, and kids are going to pick up on this, you know. I mean, if, if all the time I did everything for joy, didn't do nothing for Dustin and Melody, they'd be like, we're going to knock old joy out. <laughs> you know, especially if joy was flaunting it, going, hey, I'm dad's favorite. That's what was going on. More than any of his other children, because Joseph was born to him. In other words, he was the youngest kid uh, in his old age. One day, here you go. Jacob gave him a special gift. There it is, your coat of many colors. A brightly colored coat. What can you imagine? I mean, if I was one of the other brothers, I'm going to run over it with my bicycle. I could care less. You know, I mean, that's, that's what's going on. Consequently, look at that. His brothers, of course, noticed their father's partiality and consequently hated Joseph. Now, you got to understand, even though you're his brothers, you got to understand what happened. Joseph had a brother named Benjamin and their mother died. So there was a little bit of reason why Jacob was partial to these guys. But, of course, the other brothers are like, hey, I don't give a crap whose mother was. I, I, I hate you. They couldn't say a kind word about him. One night, Joseph had a dream. Now, look at this dream. Reported the details to his brother, causing even deeper hatred. Now, remember, the Lord is in this dream. 
course, Joseph does not know that. He just says, hey, guys, look at this. Hey, big brother. Hey, Dustin and Aaron, suppose they were, but listen to this dream. They're like, would you shut up? I don't want to hear your stupid dream. Look what he says. We were in a field binding sheaves. That just meant bundling bales of hay. You've seen, you look up sheaves, you'll see this big bundle. Okay. And he said, my sheaves stood up and your sheaves, they bowed down. <laughs> yeah. So you want to be our king, do you? His brothers derided. They hated him even more for the dream and for his cocky attitude. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Hey, listen to me. My, listen to my latest dream. It was the same one. The sun, moon, and 11 stars. Hello, got 11 brothers. Look at that. And the sun and moon. Look at that. They bowed low before me. This time he told his father as well. Now his brother said, now look, son, you better cut this out. You think we're going to bow before you? But his father rebuked him saying, what is this? Now remember, who's his dad? Jacob. Remember the book of Psalms says, uh, I want to say it's 20, well, whatever, it's in the 20s. It says, the God of Jacob protect you. Who's Jacob? It's who we're talking about. And what's funny is, remember, Jacob thinks he's going to lose his son. He thinks in a minute they want to kill him, but they do what? They sell him as a slave. Brothers do. And they bring back a bloody coat of many colors. Oh, Dad, he must have died. Was this his coat? Duh. And Jacob's heart broke, you know. But that's not the death of Joseph, is it? We know the story already. But can you see whatever's caving in on your life? It's not over. You're, gonna, you're, you're trusting God. He's going to take care of you. Watch this. So anyway, he said, what, what do you want, are we going to bow down before you? His brothers were fit to be tied concerning this affair. But his father gave it quite a bit of thought and wondered what it meant. <gasps> so Jacob did remember. Why is he having these crazy, stupid dreams? But anyway, one day Joseph's brothers took their father's flocks to Shechem to graze there. A few days later, Israel called for Joseph and said, Hey, your brothers are over in Shechem. In other words, hey, go check on them. See if they're not hot-wiring cars and donkeys and whatever and stealing them. Okay. Now, remember, they were rich. Anyway, go see how they're getting along and how the flocks and bring me word. Hey, very good, Joseph replied. So he traveled to Shechem. Remember, that's where his bones were going to be buried. Remember? From his home in Hebron Valley, a man noticed him wandering in the field. Hey, who are you looking for? My brothers and their flocks, Joseph replied. Have you seen them? Yeah, the man said. They're no longer here. They went to Alabama. Huh? Yeah, Dothan. Brothers said they're going to Dothan. So Joseph followed them to Dothan, found them there. When they saw him coming, boy, they recognized him in the distance, and they said, we're going to kill him. Now look at this. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The blessing of Abraham's on you. Look at this. They don't kill him. They wanted to. Here comes the master dreamer, they explain. Come on, let's kill him and toss him into the well and tell father that wild animals have eaten him. And we'll see what becomes of all his dreams. Boy, you know what? They were going to find out what happened. You know, the, you know, the reality was, was a, a miracle. They, were, they survived. Anyway, but Reuben, look at this. Reuben, Reuben hoped to spare his life. Well, let's not kill him. We'll shed no blood. Let's throw him in this well of life. Now look what this guy was up to. And this is the same thing with you and I. You cannot be defeated. That way, he'll die without our touching him. Now, look, Reuben's secret plan was to get him out and return him to his father. Praise Jesus. Same thing happened to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was thrown in a well. He thought it's over with. Sidekick to the king. Told, Jeremiah, I mean, told the king, says, look, if you kill Jeremiah, you're not going to know what's going to happen. You better keep Jeremiah alive. Wasn't even a day. And he was thrown in a sewer pit. And I think it was 30 men went and got Jeremiah. They built him an elevator and said, hey, come on out. And here's some rags and whatever. Oh, great story. Anyway, 
So anyway, so when Joseph got there, they pulled off his brightly covered robe. They threw him in an empty well, you know. There was no water in it, and they sat down for supper. Great. Suddenly, they noticed a string of camels coming toward them in the distance, probably Ishmaelite traders. Ishmaelite? That was Abraham's, remember his other son he had? Anyway, uh, who were taking gum, spices, and herbs from Gilead to Egypt. See what a hole they're digging here if this is all fake. This is all fake. It's never happened. <laughs> it did too. Hey, look there, Judah said to the others. Judah? Who's that? Jesus, Lion of the tribe of Judah. Remember, Jesus is kinfolk all the way, son of, son of, son of, son of, son of. You would have hit that guy. Okay. Here comes some Ishmaelites. Let's sell Joseph to them. Why kill him and have a guilty conscience? Another little point. Paul. Paul's related to Joseph in the New Testament. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's not be responsible for his death. After all, he is our brother. And so the brothers agreed. So when the traders came by, his brother pulled Joseph out of the well, sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Okay. They made a little money on this thing. Then look what they did. Now they lied to their dad. Now those guys took him to Egypt. Sometime later, Reuben, who was far away, when the traders came out, he wasn't even there. He returned to get Joseph out. He wasn't there. He thought he died. He ripped his clothes in anguish and frustration. The child's gone. And I, where shall I go now? He wept to his brothers. His brothers had to say, oh, shut up. We sold him to some Egyptians or whatever. Then the brothers killed a goat, splattered blood on it. Man, this sounds like stuff we do today. You know, just don't tell dad, you know. <clears throat> and they took the coat to their fathers and asked him, hey, dad, was this Joseph's? Well, duh. Come on. Now look what hits old, looks how it hits their dad. We found this in the field. Is it Joseph's coat or not? His father recognizes it at once. He was crying. He sobbed. It's my son's coat. A wild animal was eating him. Joseph's no doubt torn to pieces. Israel, remember that's Jacob, tore his clothes, put on sackcloth in the morning. In other words, he just wasn't going to go out to eat anymore for a while. Deepest mourning for many weeks. His family tried to comfort him, but it was no use. I will die in, the, in mourning for my son, he said, and then broke down. Look at that. Man, this guy's heart is broke. And you know what? He serves the Lord. And you know what? His son is not dead. He's going to see him. It's going to flip him out later. And you know the story. You'll probably have to read it yourself. Okay. Meanwhile, in Egypt, the traders sold Joseph. Look at this. Now, remember, think about this being you. Man, my life is over with. Wait a minute. You are a child of Abraham. Okay, look at this. You all have the same promise. Yeah, but Richard, I cannot believe it. I, it. My own fault. I said stupid things. I should have just kept them dreams to myself. What a dummy. What was I thinking? I should have known my brothers hated me. Hold on. Look at the hand of the Lord. Now, this just doesn't happen to anybody. No, you go out there and look in the world. It doesn't happen to anybody. It happened to you and I that love the Lord. Watch this. Meanwhile, in Egypt, the traders sold Joseph to Potiphar. Ugh. Look who he was. Officer to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard and the chief <laughs> guillotine operator. <laughs> oh, man. So that would be like no mercy. Now, we need to skip the next chapter because it goes back and it talks about Judah. So we're missing some stuff about Joseph here, but it's some good stuff. But we're going to go right on into the next chapter. When Joseph, so here we are, picked it up. When he was in Egypt, as a captive to the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, a member of the personal staff of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Remember, he was, well, there it is, chief bodyguard and executioner. Okay. The Lord, oh, what? Yeah. The Lord greatly blessed Joseph there in the home of his master. He went to no jail. Wow. Look at this. So that everything he did succeeded. Now, what does that mean for you and I today? Every, you should be, t- like we said, Jesus, on, if things are not working for you, tell the Lord. 
I was having to tell a friend of mine at work the other day, he has a house in Fort Bliss where my daughter was down there at a, oh, oh, in Texas and was thinking, man, the market's real bad. I said, hey, just hang in there. I don't care if it's in the garbage heap out there. The Lord will bless you with that house and you'll get it sold. You'll make money. Praise the Lord. Anyway, notice everything he did. Psalm 1 says everything. Other places tell you. Anyway, Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph in a very special way. You don't think Jesus coming strolling to your house in Revelation 3 verse 20 like that picture shows. He's not with you. He's called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Okay. Potiphar noticed this. Okay. So Joseph naturally became quite a favorite. Uh, yeah, but Richard's going to go downhill fast. It goes downhill, but then it comes right back up. Watch this. Soon he was put in charge of the administration of Potiphar's household and all his business affairs. Like Aaron. Look where Aaron got promoted. What's he doing? He's going to manage that area. And Dustin spoke up and says, well, it is now. In other words, it wasn't in good shape, maybe. Okay. All his household's affairs began to run smoothly. His crops flourished and his flocks multiplied. Now, that's got to be biological. No, it's not. It's Jesus. Jesus will take care of everything you own. Don't limit him and say... He can only take me to heaven. Oh, he'll help you breathing. He'll help your eyes, your hair, whatever. He'll take care of you. So Potiphar gave Joseph the complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. He was a doggone slave. What's this all about? He had no worry in the world with Joseph there except to decide what he wanted to eat. Praise God. Wouldn't that be great to be thought of about yourselves? Yes, it is. Oh, and by the way, Joseph was a very handsome young man. Wow. Well, that's what it was. No, it had nothing to do with him being handsome. It's Jesus. Isn't that right? One day about this time, Potiphar's wife began making eyes at Joseph. Oh, brother. Oh, yeah. And suggested that he come and sleep with her. So this is metaphorical. How could it be metaphorical? It's a spiritual story. Oh, we're supposed to get out of this. Go to the whorehouse? See, this is history. Look at this. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. He himself has no more authority here than I have. He's held back nothing from me except you, yourself, because you're his wife. Now, how can I do such a wicked thing as this? It would be a great sin against God. But she kept going on and on, suggested day after day, even though he refused to listen and kept her, no, and kept out of, oh, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. Then one day she grabbed his clothes. Oh, boy. Wow. Then one day as he was in the house going about his work, it happened. No one else was around at the time. She, now, remember who her husband is, chief executioner. I think that's important. You can think a little stuff on the side. She grabbed, And plus, wouldn't you know if your wife was cheating on you? I think you would. I think you would. She grabbed him by the sleeve. Sleep with me. Boy, he tore himself away. As he did this, his jacket slipped off, and she was left holding it as he fled the house. When she saw she had his jacket and he had left, you know, he has his underwear right there. Look at that. She began screaming, ah! and all the other men in the palace came running in, and she was crying hysterically. What a fake. What a fake. And she was saying, what'd she say? My husband had to do what? Bring in this Hebrew slave to insult us. She sobbed. Oh, my gosh. He tried to rape me, but I screamed. He ran. He forgot to take his jacket. Oh, sure. She kept the jacket, and when the husband came home that night, she told him a story. That Hebrew slave you had around here, he tried to rape me, and I was only saved by my screams. He fled, leaving his jacket behind. Now, you know good and well Potiphar and, and uh, Joseph had their own little investigative words, whatever. Anyway, well, her husband heard the story. He was furious. 
He threw Joseph in prison where the prison, king's prisoners were kept in chains. You know, he could have had him killed, but he didn't. But the Lord was with Joseph there. Now watch this. Now we should get this not even ten verses before. See if this is repetitive. Uh, and was kind to him by granting him favor with the chief jailer. Now who did that? Potiphar? No, the Lord. In fact, the jailer soon handed over the entire prison administration. Can you imagine that? You know, Bob was joking about work release. Well, suppose, can you imagine that? One of our folks here, head of Limestone Prison, and they're an inmate. Wow. Okay, anyway, that's what's going on here. In fact, the jailer soon uh, handed over the entire prison administrator to Joseph. Look at the words, so that all the other prisoners were responsible to him. The chief jailer, the chief jailer had no more worries after that, for Joseph took care of anything. Took care of everything. Look at this. And the, uh, the Lord was with him so that everything, look at that, ran smoothly and well. Man, I got things I got to do tomorrow, next week, even today. Everything you got is supposed to run smooth today. That's your takeaway from this. And praise the Lord. Hey, I got stuff to do. Lord, you're going to be with me. And yes, he will. He, he loves to. If you will just invite him in your life sometime later. See the timeline? Sometime later it happened that the king of Egypt became very angry with what? Now this is Pharaoh. Pharaoh got mad at his cook for making the donuts wrong. And he got mad at his butler. He jailed them. Well, hey, Joseph's down there. In the castle of Potiphar, the captain of the guard, chief executioner. Okay. They remained under arrest there for quite some time. Potiphar assigned Joseph to wait on him. One night, each of them had a dream. The next morning, Joseph noticed that they looked dejected and sad. Well, he had a nightmare. I didn't sleep good last night. I had a nightmare. Notice what Joseph said. Joseph doesn't say, well, oh God, I don't know what about life. You know, we're all just, we all came from apes. Came from apes? What in the world's the matter, he asked. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but there's no one here to tell us what they mean. Look what Joseph knew. What's he been to Sunday school? Man, interpreting dreams is God's business. Tell me what you saw. Now wait, what? Hold on just a minute. What makes you think Joseph is going to know? The Lord's been with The Lord will tell you. You know, if you ever forget something, lose something, whatever, just ask the Lord. He'll tell you where it is. James chapter 1, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. In other words, he'll pour it on. But let him ask in faith. When you ask him, you better believe he's at that door. Lord, I cannot remember where my wallet is. Would you tell me where my wallet is? I've looked everywhere. Now, you need to use your faith. Don't go, well, I know I've been such a lousy Christian and you probably don't want to help me. Well, then he's going to walk away too. Ah, incredible. Anyway, the butler told him his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a vine with three branches that began to bud and blossom. And soon there were a cluster of red grapes. Okay, what else happened? I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took the grapes and squeezed the juice in it and gave him a drink. I know what the dream means, Joseph said. There's three branches mean three days. Where'd Joseph get this from? Within three days, Pharaoh's going to take you out of prison, give you back your job again as chief butler. <gasps> and please, ha- look at this. He says, hey, while you're there, you know, and please have some pity on me when you're back in his favor and mention me to Pharaoh and ask him to let me out of here. Remember, Joseph didn't do anything wrong. Anyway. For I was kidnapped from my homeland among the Hebrews, and now here I am in jail. So he's going, man, look, I have had a rough life. Please help me, okay? I'm in jail. And and I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that the first dream had such a good meaning, the chief baker told his dream to Joseph. Now, his ain't going to turn out so good, okay? 
In my dream, he said there were three baskets of pastries on my head. In the top basket were all kinds of bakery goods for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them. What the heck's that all about? Three baskets means three days. <laughs> oh, no. Three days from now, Pharaoh's going to take your head off and impale your body on a pole, and the birds are going to come pick off your flesh. And guess what? In three days, all this happened. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later. He held a party for all his officials, staff, household staff, sent for the chief butler and the chief baker. They were brought to him from prison. He restored the chief butler. Wow. But he sentenced the chief baker to be impaled, just as Joseph had predicted. So the story here is you better make doggone good pastries. Isn't that right? Wait, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> anyway, something else must have been going on. Anyway, Pharaoh's wine taster. Look at this. See, how are we going to get away with this? The doggone guy. See, leave it with the Lord. Don't trust in people. Because look what your best buddy. Hey, go tell so-and-so that I'm, I need something. He forgot. Pharaoh's wine taster, however, promptly forgot all about J Joseph. Never given him a thought. Well, I guess it all turns to pot from there. No, it didn't. Look what happened. One night, two years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile. Suddenly, now remember, don't, don't forget what happened. He said, two years must have been torment. No, Joseph was, <laughs> he owned the prison. <laughs> he was still with Potiphar, but he was in the prison down there. Anyway, Pharaoh's got a dream. That's just like Nebuchadnezzar. Hmm. I'm sure Daniel knew this story. That's the reason Daniel was so bold to say, tell me your dream. I'll tell you what it means. Anyway, so Pharaoh has a dream. Now we're going to stop here because this is when Joseph is going to immediately go to what? Second in command. Amazing. Anyway, when uh, he was standing on the Nile River, Pharaoh was, suddenly seven sleek fat cows came up out of the river with scuba gear on, I guess. And they began grazing in the grass. Then seven other cows came up out of the river. But they were very skinny and their ribs stood out. Then they went over and stood beside the fat cows. The skinny cows ate the fat cows. Now that's kind of crazy. At that point, Pharaoh, boop, he woke up. Soon he fell asleep again, had a second dream. Okay, round two. What did he see the second time? All right. Seven heads of grain on one stalk, every kernel well-formed and plump. In other words, big corn. Okay. Then suddenly seven more heads appeared, but they were shriveled up and they had worms or whatever by the east wind. These thin heads swallowed up the seven plump, well-formed heads. Then Pharaoh woke up, realized it was a dream. Next morning, he thought about it and became very concerned as to what the dream might mean. He called for the magicians and the sages of Egypt and told them all about it. And nobody could suggest what his dream meant. Same thing Nebuchadnezzar. He couldn't find anybody. All right. But wait a minute. Somebody's going to remember. Then the king's wine taster spoke up. Today, I remember my sin. <laughs> Some time ago, two years ago, you were angry with a couple of us and put me and the chief baker in jail in the castle of the captain of the guard. The chief baker and I had a dream. We told our dream to a young Hebrew feller uh, there who was a slave of the captain of the guard. He told us what our dream meant, and everything happened just as he said. I was restored to my position of wine, wine taster, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once. I'm sure Joseph's already having a good day. Hey, oh, the king wants to see me? Yeah, buddy, you're fixing to get a brand new BMW. You're fixing to get, look at this. He was brought hastily from the dungeon. After a quick shave, zip, 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 change of clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. 
I had a dream, Pharaoh told him. None of these men can tell me what it means, but I have heard that you can interpret dreams, and that's why I've called for you. Notice Joseph's not going to stumble here. He's going to hit it right on the nail. Notice what he says. I can't do it by myself. Notice he doesn't go on like we would today in the Bible Belt. Now, we don't want to push God now. After all, you believe in the sun God, so don't expect the... This is our time to shine. The world needs help. You got a spider bite and you got over, you overcome it. And you got a friend at work's got a problem like that too and saying, God, what'd you do? Just be bold. The Lord will take care of that. He'll take care of your car, your kids, or whatever. Be bold. This is your time to shine. So anyway, he told him the dream. He said, I was standing. Oh, excuse me, what did he say? He said, Joseph replied, but God will tell you what it means. Look at that. God will. Oh. Where's all this? If it be thy will. Oh, if you want to search the scripture for if it be thy will, you will find out that's when Jesus was in the garden and it was either he needs to die for humanity and for the world or not. And he had that choice and he said, if it be thy will. And he knew in his heart, I'm going to give my life for the world. That's the only time you use that prayer. But when you're stuck with your back against the wall, you need the car keys. You need help. Praise the Lord. Okay, anyway, so Pharaoh told him the dream. I was standing on the bank. Okay, here comes the skinny cows and the fat cows, whatever, you know what it is, okay. But the seven cows came up from the river, the very skinny and bone, and in fact, I've never seen such poor-looking specimens in all the land of Egypt. Wow. These skinny cow cattle came up and they ate the, ate the fat ones. And afterwards, the skinny, they were still skinny. Boy, he embellished it, didn't he, from what he, what he said. Anyway, later on, had another one, seven heads of grain on a stalk. The seven heads were plump and full. Then out of the same stalk came seven other withered thin heads. And the thin heads, boy, they ate the fat ones. I told this to my musicians, but not a one of them could tell me the meaning. Wow, look at that. Both the dreams have the same meaning, Joseph told Pharaoh. God was telling you what he's going to do here in the land of Egypt. Seven fat cows as well as the seven, and also the seven fat well-formed heads of grain meant that there's going to be seven years of prosperity ahead of you. What's the spiritual implication of this? There's not. God's just telling them that in the future there's going to be a little difficulty. You know, God cares. Remember about, who is he? Jonah. God cared about Nineveh. No, Jonah didn't. He wanted them to toast because that was Nebuchadnezzar's hometown. I don't want any of them stupid Babylonians, you know, Auburn, Alabama. I don't want Auburn to win ever, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. I mean, I'd say that. <clears throat> Auburn doesn't want Alabama to win. Okay, I understand. Even if it's a toss-up between LSU, we don't care. One of y'all, both lose, would be great for me, you know, whatever. You know how it is. So that's the way Jonah felt. Jonah felt that way. I don't want anything good to happen. But God said, if I want them to repent and to have mercy, he said, what's that to you? That's what he had to tell uh, that's what he had to tell Jonah. And look how God's trying to take care of Egypt. Wow. Anyway, God showed you that what he's going to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout the land of Egypt. But afterward, there's going to be seven years of famine. So great. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so terrible that all the prosperity will be forgotten and wiped out. Famine will consume the land. The famine is going to be so terrible that even the memory of the good years will be erased. Boy, that's going to be bad. The double dream gives double impact, showing that what I've told you is certainly going to happen. God's decreed it, and it's going to happen. Look at this. My suggestion to you is that you find the wisest man in Egypt, put him in charge of, of administrating a nationwide farm program. Now, look at that. He wasn't saying, I'm prophesying. <coughs> I hear it. <coughs> Joseph just knew this. And he's saying, hey, by the way, if I were you, I'd hit the ground running. Okay. Let Pharaoh divide the land into five administrative districts. Hey, that's smart. 
Let the officials of these districts gather in the royal storehouses, no, gather into the royal storehouses, all the extra stuff, and do a food program. Remember, the excess crops for seven years, so there'll be enough to eat during the seven years of famine. Otherwise, disaster will surely come. All right, Joseph's suggestions were received by Pharaoh and his assistants. Now, where do you get all that wisdom from? We've just seen it at Potiphar's house, and we've seen it in prison. As they discussed, excuse me, as they discussed who should appoint the job, they should appoint for the job, Pharaoh said, Hey, who's better than Joseph? <laughs> for he's a man who's obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Do we have that? Yes. Turning to Joseph, and this was right on the spot. You come from prison, right, to you're going to be riding right, your donkey's going to be right next to my donkey. The donkey in those days was a classical BMW. Uh, since God's revealed the meaning of the dream to you, you are the wisest man in the country. I hereby appoint you, goodness, to be in charge of this entire project. What you say goes throughout the land of Egypt. Look at that next frame. I alone will outrank you. Then Pharaoh placed his own signet ring, look at that, on Joseph's finger. Here, boy, put that on. Good night. Got the American Express card. Wow. And dressed him in beautiful clothing and placed a royal chain around his neck and declared, See, I have placed you in charge of all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh gave, look at this, he, here's his BMW. Pharaoh gave Joseph the chariot of his second in command. <laughs> Wherever he went, everybody shouted, Kneel down. Oh my gosh. Now remember the dreams Joseph had. Those other sheaves were bowing down to him. Pharaoh declared to Joseph, I, the king of Israel, swear that you shall have complete charge over the... Can you see what's going to happen to you today? Mm, keep your eyes open. Expect the Lord to do this for you. We're closing right Watch this. Pharaoh gave him the name, meaning, look at that. He changed his name. Like Belshazzar, Nicodemus changed Daniel's name to Belshazzar. He has the godlike power of life and death. And he gave him a wife named Asenath. Wow. Daughter of Potiphar, the priest of Heriopolis. Remember, they worshipped the sun. Joseph didn't turn her down. She must have been good looking. So Joseph made fam was made famous throughout all the land of Egypt. He was 30 years old. Look at that. He, as he entered into the service of the king, Joseph went out of the presence of Pharaoh and began traveling across the whole land. Sure enough, the next seven years, there were bumper crops everywhere. During those years, Joseph... Uh, re what's that word? Yeah, requisition. Yeah, I'm trying to say it with a back turn. Uh, for the government, a portion of all the crops grown throughout Egypt, storing them in nearby cities. After seven years, the grain ears were full and overflowing. There was so much, no one kept track of the amount. During his lifetime... Oh, no, excuse me. During the, th this time, the arrival of the first of the famine years, two sons were born to Joseph. Now, look what he named. This is so important. It's history, but look what he did. All right, his wife, Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of the sun god. There's the sun god part of Ray Heropolis. Joseph named his oldest son. Remember the tribe of Manasseh? Okay, you name stuff after what happened. I never have it. Manasseh mean made to forget. He thought the Lord put him in here and gave him so much blessing so that he could just forget even though his brothers treated him bad and his heart yearned for his dad and everything. It, it caused him to forget it. He was blessed so much. I mean, wouldn't you think that if all of a sudden you're second to the biggest guy in the nation? What he meant was that God had made up for all the anguish of his youth. Oh my gosh, please leave that door open for yourself. I don't care if it's a five-minute anguish. Watch for God to make that up. And for the loss of his father's home. You know what's so funny? God was laughing the whole time going, you ain't seen nothing yet. Your daddy's coming back. Your daddy thinks you're dead, and I'm going to bless his socks off too. Anyway, 
His second boy, look at this. Name, look what he's named. This is so important. Oh, I love poverty. God wants me to be poor. Oh, I don't even listen to that anymore. Okay. Meaning fruitful. For God has made me fruitful in this land of my slavery. I mean, praise God. If all you got is a penny, you should expect to increase that before dark. You ought to have two pennies. Just go and multiply and multiply. Then, uh, where did we get to? Uh, yeah, okay. So at last, here we're at the end of this. So at last, the seven years of plenty came to an end. The seven years of famine began, just as Joseph predicted. There were crop failures in all the surrounding countries. Ooh, that's what's going to hit his daddy. But in Egypt, there was plenty of grain in the storehouse. People began to starve. They pleaded with Pharaoh for food. He sent them to Joseph. Do whatever, <laughs> do whatever he tells you to. Well, Joseph took care of it. So now the severe famine all over the world, Joseph opened up the storehouses and sold... Uh, grain to, and sold grain to the Egyptians and to those from other countries. This is it. Who came to Egypt to buy grain from Moses? I mean, from Joseph. Now I'm not going to. I'm, I'm going to stop here. But look at this next verse. When Jacob, when Jacob, when he heard they had food down there, that's where that story comes. Here they come. And remember, Joseph's not going. Okay, God, I'm waiting. He ha- he thinks they're gone. <laughs> he thinks it's over with. And all of a sudden, he's going to see his. Ten of his brothers show up. Mm, great story. Because he, he, he doesn't speak Hebrew. He speaks Egyptian. Acts like he's a big shot. And then he treats them like they stole something. Y'all stole something. Whatever. Great story. By the next chapter, they're crying and squalling all over. Because he has to tell them. He, tell all, he tells all the Egyptians, leave the room. And so he's in there with his brothers. And he says, I am Joseph. <laughs> 30 years ago, you sold me. And boy, they fell apart. They were, <gasps> it shocked them. Man, they had a, well, it was a great story. So that never happened. Oh, it never happened. Oh, his bones were carried out. Recorded in the New Testament that his bones came out. And remember, his, his bones were brought out because he knew God had promised, y'all going to the promised land. President Trump kept saying, and other people have, just using him, he kept saying, they ain't going to be able to get you to the promised land. Well, Trump, you can't say that because the promised land was not, that never happened. Yes, it did. And the promised land belongs to you and I. Same stuff. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that, oh, praise the Lord. Look how you took care of these people. You'll take care of us. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, if we're sick, not feeling good, whatever, you'll take care of that. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Same thing's true financially. Look what you did here. Oh, we got a great refresher on how you took care of Joseph and the poor, but look how the prosperity was going everywhere. And then second to Pharaoh. Oh, Lord, if it's not even that, not even anything mentioned today, but we just see how great you are, but we know we have a problem taking place, and it's got us distracted. Lord, we know you'll get us out. I mean, what could be worse than some of this? But if it was, you'd get us out. That doesn't leave anything left for for us to tell stories to our children and our friends around us of what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's such good stories. Good.